faith to believe that you're here with us. To know that you speak through your word and that you send your spirit that we might receive from you what we need to receive today. Father, would you prepare our hearts to hear what we need to hear personally and also, Lord, collectively together as your people. Would you do it, Lord, for our good and for your glory? Amen. Well, it's lovely to be here and it's great to be here uh, for a first Sunday. Thank you so much to everybody who in lots and lots of ways has made us feel so welcome. It's been fantastic. Um, The hampers of uh, various things, both food and practical things, uh, work done on the vicarage garden, uh, the bunting uh, pinned up round the outside, uh, and lots and lots of other ways. I can't remember, things dropped off to the vicarage since we've been there. Uh, I was telling the story of um, the uh, removal men uh, who were helping us unload uh, last week. And uh, while they were sort of moving our stuff off of the van and into the vicarage, several people from the church came up, some to offer to help unpack, some with cards, some with flowers, some with food. And the, uh, one of the guys who I'd been talking to uh, said, wow, they're such a friendly community around here, aren't they? I've never seen anything like it. And I thought, I said, yeah, I'm sure they are. But actually, let me tell you, that's the church. That's the church. And unfortunately, we don't always have a positive experience of the church. And I'm sure probably all of us have had times where we haven't. But how wonderful, and what a personally, how wonderful thing it was for us to see church being family, as it should be. Uh, And we're really looking forward to uh, taking our place amongst the family and partnering with all of you and everyone who's part of this church across the services and congregations uh, together, as it says right here, together to make Jesus known. So we're really excited about that. And I'm very grateful uh, to Mike and the preaching team for uh, keeping things going so well, moving things forward during the vacancy. Uh, And uh, I'm really pleased to join in with this Lent series uh, that we're in now through to Easter. Uh, And then we're going to complete the Whole Life, Whole Bible series after that. And it'll be great for me to join in with that. And I am very grateful. But... I did smile to myself, uh, actually as Martin sort of alluded to earlier, when I saw that the first title, the first topic for me to preach on was giving up your expectations. I thought, brilliant, what a way to start on your first Sunday. You've been waiting for your new vicar and the very first thing he said to us was, time to give up your expectations. But expectations, they do make a big part of life, don't they? Things we look forward to, things we're anticipating, both good and bad can form part of our expectations. I remember as a child, me and my brother one Christmas had very big expectations for a particular Christmas present. We'd been dropping loads of hints uh, to our family. Uh, I don't know how, we were probably about, I don't know, 11 and 8 or something like that. And we'd been dropping loads of hints to our family about, uh, it was in the days, the very early days of computer game consoles. 
Uh, I think it was probably like the very first Sony PlayStation or something like that. Um, and we'd been dropping loads of hints uh, to our mom. Uh, and we knew this was a big present, so we were hoping that, you know, the grandparents would all get involved, maybe the uncles and aunties. We'd get some extra games thrown in and things like that. And we'd been dropping hints for weeks uh, about this. Uh, and our expectations were lifted. Suddenly, mum started talking about how uh, our nana and our granddad had, had got us a very special Christmas present this year. Uh, and and we, we weren't too disappointed because it was very special and it was going to be a joint present. And we thought, hang on, hello, here we go. Sony PlayStation in the bag. We had very high expectations that Christmas day. Uh, so we go to church on Christmas morning, as we always did. Very expectant. Uh, to get back home under the tree right there. An enormous box, huge box wrapped up to David and Tom. Merry Christmas, love from Nana and Grandad. And we were practically high-fiving each other as we walked back from church. Can't wait to unwrap that PlayStation and get gaming. They got some present unwrapping time. And we sat down and we were probably having to be restrained from tearing the paper off too quickly. And we peeled it back. And it wasn't a Sony PlayStation. And I remember, even at the time, thinking, mustn't show that in my face. My expectations haven't been met. Actually, my grandparents have bought us a really lovely, actually handmade little wooden table skittles set. That's what it was. Uh, And um, I think we did a decent job of not showing that our expectations um, hadn't quite been met. But it's hard, isn't it? It's hard when expectations aren't met. And I'm sure, as a new vicar here, there'll be times when I don't meet your expectations. In fact, if I met your expectations all the time, I think something would be wrong. Because actually, the whole point of a church family is that we bring lots of different perspectives, lots of different ways, as long as we're united in wanting to try and follow Jesus faithfully and bring his love to the people around us and to grow in that love together. But what I just wanted to say, right, seeing as this topic has given me this is a, a really good way in on my first week, come and talk to me. Come and talk to me. That's the best way. If at some point this, let's not say this week, we're still unpacking. If at some point this month or this year, there's something you're not quite sure, why does Tom say that? Or why does he do that? Or why don't we do that? Or whatever it is. Whatever it is. If it's something that you're just not sure about, come and talk to me. The door is always open. Uh, I'm planning to, um, once things have settled a bit, I'm planning to be available in the church centre at least two mornings a week. Uh, so that I'm just around and we can chat and we can talk, we can pray, uh, just come and talk. The best thing, I think, in church life, the thing which really helps us as a church family is when we're open and honest with each other uh, and able to talk about things. So if there are times when I don't quite meet your expectations, please just come and talk, I promise. Uh, I um, love that way round. But we're thinking about expectations in terms of God and in terms of Lent, giving up our expectations, which on its own, I think, sounds perhaps a little bit negative. So hang on, we come to this great God who we believe in, who, who made the universe and who came in the person of Jesus to do these extraordinary things and who went back to heaven and sent his Holy Spirit to keep on doing amazing things. Well, why am I being told to give up my expectations? 
And the way I'd like us to think about it this morning, and perhaps something to reflect on over the course of today, of this week, and maybe even the rest of Lent, is to think of it in terms of an exchange. That there might be times when we exchange our expectations for God's expectations and discover actually that God's expectations for what God can do in us actually are so much more than the expectations we tend to have for ourselves. You know, when we come to Jesus and we lay things down, as uh, we heard actually that story about that worship song, when we lay things down at Jesus' feet, we don't go away empty-handed. What happens actually is we exchange what we don't need for the good things that he has for us. So when we talk about giving up our expectations this morning, I'd like us to think about it in terms of an exchange. We exchange our sometimes smaller, narrower, human expectations for far greater expectations that our good God can do for us. And we're going to see that through two people, those two passages that we just heard. The first one is Abraham, or as he's known at this point in the story, Abram. This is quite early on in his life, and he probably was a man who had expectations of a fairly normal, quiet, ordinary life, suitable to someone of his era, of his culture. He would have perhaps been a, a reasonably well-off uh, man from a reasonably well-off family who had uh, cattle and herds. And his expectations, based on everything up until the point where God spoke to him, would perhaps have been to lead a fairly normal, average, routine kind of life. But then God intervenes. God speaks to Abraham, and he says those most extraordinary words to him. Remember, this is just an ordinary man. He's not a priest or a prophet. God actually has been relatively quiet for quite a long period of time. There hasn't been a prophet at this stage in the history of God's people. And so the Lord speaks to Abraham in Genesis 12, and he says, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and curse whoever curses you I will curse. And all people, all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Put yourselves in Abraham's shoes for a second. Normal life, normal job, just made that first payment on that new Ford Fiesta, just uh, ordered the most recent updates to uh, donkey management software on your computer. Ordinary life. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, God speaks to you and says, you're going to leave this place, you're going to leave your family, you're going to leave all of those things that you expected, you're going to travel to a completely new place you've never been before. Oh, and by the way, trains and aeroplanes haven't been invented yet, so it's going to be a tough journey. And through your family and your offspring, I'm going to bless the entire world. Well, if it was me, I'd, just be, I'd sort of be looking behind me like, who are you talking to, God? I'm just Abraham from the countryside. 
I'm not someone who, who can bless the world. But God can do it through him. And to Abraham's credit, he believes, he trusts, and he goes. And the rest, quite literally, is history. And through Abraham's descendants, you'll, uh, many of us will know the story well. Of course, through his family that becomes a nation, and all the ups and downs, all the twists and turns along the way. That great story of God's people that's in our Old Testament, ultimately, of course, leads to God coming into the world through Jesus, the offspring of Abraham, and through him the whole world is blessed. Abraham's expectations were for probably a very normal, peaceful, quiet, ordinary sort of life. And then God stepped in. And through Abraham, changed the world. So I mean when I talk about exchanging our expectations. We don't just give up our expectations negatively. We exchange our expectations for what this amazing, loving, gracious, powerful, almighty God can do. Now we're not all going to be an Abraham. We're not all going to have to pack up our things and move to a foreign country. I'm particularly pleased about that because we've only just finished unpacking. But we all need to be ready for what God has in store. We can all be expectant that no matter what stage of life we're at or no matter what's come before, if we're trusting in Jesus and following him, he can do amazing things through us. Maybe it's just that quiet and gentle welcome to someone who comes into church for the very first time. Maybe it's serving in Coffee Connect. Maybe it's dropping a card round to a neighbour who's just moved in. And through that, God will begin a chain reaction through which that person will one day come to know and believe and trust in Jesus their Saviour and in his name have eternal life. Your expectation was, I'm going to welcome my neighbour. God's expectation was, I'm going to use you as one of the steps to bring this person into glory. Exchanging our expectations for God's. But the second person that we heard about this morning has quite different expectations. If Abraham had expectations for a quiet life, this rich young ruler who Jesus meets a couple of thousand years later, he's reached a point where he expects to be right with God through what he's done. He comes to Jesus and he asks, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus begins by saying back to him the commandments. And this young man says, well, that's okay then, because I've kept all of these. I'm a good boy. I've done these things. My, my, uh, my copybook is clear. I must therefore be right with God, and I, I must be fine and on my way to eternal life. I'm a good person, he said to himself. And then Jesus flips his expectations upside down as well. He says, yes, you've kept all of those, but Jesus says, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. Well, the issue that this young man had was twofold. First of all, his expectation was that the ways that he'd kept God's laws were enough 
to make him right with this holy God. And secondly, his other issue was that he was too attached to his money. Now, I think as you read through the New Testament, particularly through the Gospels, Jesus has a lot to say about money. And the issue is not having money, but our attitude to money. And we hear about this young man's attitude to money in verse 23. Because when he heard this, what Jesus said, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. He became sad to hear that the thing he was lacking was that he needed to give his money away. He needed to learn what it was to trust in God's generosity rather than in the numbers of his bank account. It wasn't that he had money, it was that he loved money more than God and more than other people. Jesus flips this man's expectations around as well. He shows him that actually to be right with God is not about keeping all the laws. As important as it is to try and follow what God's called us to do, actually if we're going to be inheritors of eternal life, it comes to us by his grace. Because of his love for us. None of us actually can keep God's laws perfectly except Jesus. And so we need to come to him and exchange where we've fallen short for his perfect record. And he loves to do that. This rich young ruler needed to change and exchange his expectations of how he had earned his place with God for actually having a heart that loved God and loved other people. Jesus loved this rich young ruler. He loved him enough to tell him the truth about his expectations. He loved him enough to say the hard things that he needed to hear in order that he would have the chance to love God and love people. And it's just as true for us that Jesus loves us so much that he welcomes us just the way we are, just the way I am, just the way you are. He welcomes us just as we are. But he loves us too much to leave us like that. That he wants us to become more and more the people that God's made and designed us to be. Not people who look to our own record and drift into pride about how many of God's laws we've kept, how regularly we attend prayer meetings, how often we read our Bible. Again, as good as those things are, they're not the things which will ultimately make us right with God. It's coming to Jesus and receiving his grace, his forgiveness, his new life that gives us this gift of eternal life. We need to be ready to exchange the expectations in our hearts as well as in our lives. Because none of us, not one of us, will be the finished article until that day that we're with him in glory. So what do we take away from these two people? Two people who heard God speak to them. Abraham, around 4,000 years ago. Jesus speaking to the rich young ruler around 2,000 years ago. What does that mean for us today? Well, I think a few things. First of all, we're not Abraham, and we're not the rich young ruler. 
although there are lessons from both of them which apply. Each of us comes to God as ourselves, with our expectations, ready to hear what God can do through us as unique creations. But you can expect that the God who transformed Abraham's expectations from a quiet and insignificant life can give each of us a wonderful purpose and part to play in the coming of God's kingdom. Yes, it won't look like Abraham, and it won't look like the person sat next to you. But it will look like you living, ministering, and serving in the kingdom of God through his power, for his glory, and for our good. Each of us may need to be ready to open up our heart and our mind to what God can do through us, personally and collectively to see his kingdom come. And secondly, I think we can take away from the rich young ruler that need to keep coming back to Jesus. Jesus, where have my expectations come out of line, out of kilter with what you tell me is most important? Jesus, where am I most tempted to feel pride or self-satisfaction when actually I just need to keep coming back to you for your grace and your love and your kindness and your goodness and your truth? I think we can take away from that rich young ruler that warning that on our own we may drift off, pat ourselves on the back and think we're doing okay. And in lots of ways we probably will be, but if we've lost Jesus, if we've lost his grace, then we've wandered off and we need to come back. Actually, that regular discipline of coming to Jesus and saying, Jesus, where is my heart wandering off? Where am I following my expectations for my life rather than yours? And let him speak into our hearts what it is that he will do. Me and my brother were pretty disappointed when we opened that little table Skittles set. And looking back, thinking about it now, I wonder if my grandparents knew. But I tell you what, we had years of fun out of that. Years of fun. We played it when people came round. We'd have evenings where people would come for dinner and then we'd have little Skittles tournaments. We'd practice for hours on end trying to get a strike every time with a little ball on a wooden chain. And it lasted and it lasted for so much longer than each of those computer games that we got along the way. Our grandparents knew that. And their gift actually exceeded the expectations we had for what we wanted. When we come to God's, We need to be ready to exchange our expectations for what he knows is best. And what we discover is that he has greater, bolder, bigger, more wonderful and exciting things in store than actually we can imagine for ourselves. Because he is the God who made us, the God who knows us, and the God who is at work in Southbourne, Sussex, the world. Are we ready to come and lay down our expectations and take up these expectations through us, through us, through you and me.
God can change the world. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, I ask that by your grace right now, you would send your Holy Spirit and speak to us. Show us what's going on in our hearts. Father, are we in danger of following our own expectations for what life should be? Do we need to come back to you and hear your expectations for what a faithful life looks like? Father, maybe some of us have narrowed and reduced our expectations. We've lost sight of the fact that you are this amazing and gracious God who works through us, even through our weaknesses, who has a purpose and a plan for each one of us when we trust in you. Father, would you send your spirit, and through these words we've read from your scripture, exchange our limited expectations for expectations in line with what you can do and show us that when we follow you faithfully we have this most amazing part to play each unique each personal each part of the coming of your kingdom In the quiet, Lord, would you show that to us this morning? We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.